At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. But it's backwards living. So people are like, damn, it feels like I'm living in a bizarre world. It feels like we're in an upside down world because you are. You dig what I'm saying? There's a reward system attached to dysfunction. Mm. You feel me? They've, they, that's how slick they are that they've implemented systems. Mm. They have a value system. I'll value you if you dumb yourself down. Mm. I'll value you for desecrating your ancestors. I'll value you for, you know, diminishing your, your godhood. I'll value you for selling crack to somebody's mama. Celebrate it. Make songs was, about I, it. Rituals, courses, barbecues. Never forget it. Keep bringing it up forever. Keep valuing it. Peace family, I'm 19 Keys. This is another high level conversation. Today we have a very powerful, special, honorable guest. Another one of the creators of the conscious community. A person that can take you in and out the matrix, different dimensions, a leader in thought and in consciousness. One who continues to speak truth to power regardless of situations, circumstances. He has a position where he consistently enlighten the mind on history, knowledge, being able to teach people theology, astrology, astronomy, and all many different various sciences, spirituality, you understand me, and different things that you may not even know you needed to tap into. This is a brother that I've been known, I personally traveled around the world with to enlighten the minds and give them that spark of Godhead. You understand me? This is none other than the very powerful twin pillar, the red pill, the other side of the blue pill. You understand me? One of the most revolutionary brothers I have yet to know. And also a brother that consistently provokes thought because he always reminds me that he knows more than I forgot. Make sure y'all tap in. None other than the red pillar. What's happening with you, God? <laughs> that was a beautiful intro, my good brother. Thank you for that. You know what I mean? Man. Thank you for that. How we feeling today, first of all? I'm just honored, honored to be here. You know, uh, blessed and highly favored. Yes, you sir. Me? Before we get started, I wanted to ask you, and I usually don't even ask guests, why the name Red Pill? That's an excellent question, my brother. Thank you for asking. I do get asked this question um, occasionally. Um, first and foremost, of course, you know that the red and the blue pill is taken directly from the Matrix. Um, the actual creator of the Matrix, Sophia Stewart, you know, uh, when she finally got to meet us, she was like, uh, this is definitely befitting of you two. You know, the energy that you possess. Blue pill is more of the, uh, you know, the higher chakras and the red pill represents more of the root and the base chakra. That's the energy that we uh, reflect and whatnot. Um, however, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Uh, in 2013, a sister from out of the nation by the name of Dorothy Muhammad, 
she uh, she gifted me and Blue Pill for our birthday and gave us a 32 page breakdown of our names mm. because in your name is you know your purpose and your power, and my first name happens to be Philip, right? So when she broke Philip down, she broke Phi into she broke Philip into Phi P H I Phi is fire, philosophy, philanthropy, you know the whole Phi word and whatnot. And that would translate to Phi, which would be a red, a, mm. a red. And then I'm two L's in my name, so I'm L-L-I-P. And then when you turn that around, it's P-I-L-L. -L. So I came to realize that, you know, my purpose was in, you know, was already inside of my name. You know what I mean? So Philip translates to red pill. Um, and the energy, like I said, it, it, it represents what the movie was uh, giving you with the whole waking you up, even though both pills wake you up, because in the movie they give you a choice of taking one or two, but uh, our approach is to take both of them. So mm. red and blue is purple. You know, um, we're able to definitely carry out our our dictates. That's just by, yeah. Taking both of them. So we people focus a lot on nutrition body wise. You know, I'm gonna feed this particular system of the body. I'm gonna feed that system. Very rarely do people speak about the mind. Very rarely do people speak about the brain. The brain needs the most energy, right? The brain is uh, needed to process. The brain is needed to, you know, compartmentalize. The brain is needed for so many things, you know, but we don't know what brain food looks like, you know? We know that the body's electrical. And what I understand about gold is not only is it super conductive, but it's non-corrosive and it's a noble element. So they say that if I am what I eat, I want to be noble, you know what I'm saying? I want to be of the highest degree, and I also want to focus on mental health, I want to focus on gut health, I want to focus on energy, I want to focus on youth, I want to focus on, uh, you know, accessing uh, pineal activity, hormonal balance, everything that gold represents is what I want to see more of. So what better thing to do but align myself with this particular product and get it out to as many people as I can by singing the praise of gold, which is something that our people have been doing for over 10,000 years. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Matrix was, you know, essentially going back in and out of the Matrix. You understand me? It was, it was never like the most powerful ones or the ones that were sent on the missions that can go in and out, that can shift. Of course. And um, none of them had a mission to destroy the Matrix, actually. You understand me? It was figuring out a way to truly coexist. They were disruptors. Yeah. And not only were they disruptors, they were emancipators. Mm. You know, the, the, the key of what, the power of what Morpheus, Trinity, and then Neo were doing, where they were actually going in to the quote-unquote Matrix to identify, you know, those who were ready to be awakened and, you know, successfully awaken them and build up the population of Zion. And that parable could be seen as what we've been doing over the years by bringing people into their consciousness, you know what I mean? And, you know, seeking out and finding those lights amongst us, you know what I mean? It's almost mm -hmm. like how Professor X and the X-Men yeah. were looking for mutants, you know? So we, we've scoured the internet over the years, over the decades, and just been picking up on the algorithm of brothers even across the pond in the UK, even on the continent of Africa, 
who are, you know, who are worthy to be uh, validated and introduced to our audience or our network. Mm. And, and you've done that very well, you know, over time consistently. Thank you. Now, specifically, like, because that mission is to find the ones, right? The mission is to find, you know, the messiahs. But what I'm, before we even get to that conversation, because I definitely want to go into that particular layer, right. but I want to go into ancestral energy, right, and then descended energy. Right. Because a lot of people talk about tapping into ancestors, right? right? And when... What are the rules, though, when it comes to being able to tap into an ancestor? Does it stop at a certain time period? Does it go back as far as beginning? Does it go back as far as acknowledgement, you understand me, of the ancestors in your past? So do you have to be consciously aware of the actual existence? Right. You know, what's the rules when it comes to us tapping into ancestor energy? Well, tapping into ancestral energy, um, like you mentioned a minute ago about being able to edify your ancestors who preceded you, you know, I would definitely say that would be a cheat code, you know what I mean? It would, it would definitely help you to begin to open up to receive because mm-hmm. ancestral energy is really about being able to receive, you know, that energy is inside of you, you know, it's inherent. Um, you're waking up to it, you know, so there are certain practices, meditation, sun gazing, grounding, plant medicine, You know, um, some people go through trauma, right? Intense trauma. There's brothers and sisters in purgatory. You feel me? In the box on 22, 23 lockdowns and whatnot. And from that trauma or what they say, that crisis, you're able to tap into ISIS. You know, you're able to have this reawakening. You're able to, you know, have what people may identify as out-of-body experiences and whatnot. there are so many ways that you could wake up your ancestral energy and whatnot. But um, one of the practices that I've seen people become very successful in is to pick up on certain African traditional systems, you know, become aligned with that. Um, brothers and sisters who went real deep studying Kemet and whatnot, they were able to begin to tap into, you know, their ancient bloodlines and things of that nature. Brothers and sisters, in the Moorish uh, uh, disciplines, the Moorish Science Temple disciplines, they've been able to tap in. Brothers and sisters, you know, in the Sufism, brothers and sisters in the nation, you know what I mean? There's so many ways, the, the Hebrew Israelite brothers that I've seen who have gone very more mystical and things of that nature, they've been able to tap in. It's a discipline. Um, fasting helps, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being able to not spill your seed and spread your energy and deplete your chi, that helps. Uh, your eating habits and things of that nature. And when I say eating habits, I'm talking about what you take into your mouth, what you take into your ears, and also what you take into your eyes. That is a discipline. There's a level of self-mastery that one should be able to partake in order to, you know, quiet the noise, mm-hmm balance the, you know what I mean? Balance the energies and whatnot. Cause I don't know too many savages that are tapped into their ancestral mm. energies and whatnot. However, they may be tapped into an ancestral energy, but it's not a benevolent one. Mm. You feel me? Because there's people right now that are losing their minds. There's mental health issues and whatnot. And I would go on record to say that they may be tapped into a dysfunctional ancestor energy. Mm. That's very you interesting. Know? Yeah, I mean, cause you know, we, we not can't, quantify every single ancestor is good 
You understand me? Right. Because when you hear ancestors, automatically yeah, people like, are thinking like cocoa. Benevolent <laughs> beings. Like, no, you might be an ancient ancestor in the making. You understand me? Right. And you might not want nobody to talk, tap into your toxic energy. You feel right. me? Right. So it's like that goes into the conversation of ancestors and descendants because you can live and as you become an ancestor, you're setting up, you know, energetic portals and DNA that the rest of the lines and generations will have to tap into. So even when we think about our daily actions, right. our daily actions have consequences that reverberate over time. You know what I mean? Throughout eons, like we have an effect on the rest of human development because they have to extend from us, from the present into the future. That's right. And so I think about that also in the terms of when I was when I went to Egypt, I was telling people that I lost my favor for Egypt before I went there. Like I, I wasn't excited because I stopped looking outside America for inspiration. Right. I started to study more of uh, uh, black American pioneers and messiahs right. and ancestors and inventors for power. Because I'm right. like, sometimes we going so far back and we skipping over what's around us in our very backyard. You feel me? So it's like, I like what our cousins did over there. You understand me? Ancient comedic energy and all of that stuff. But sure, we can go back to the 20s. Roaring 20s. You understand me? And we can find uh, powerful ancestral lines men and women that were of a very high ilk, you understand me, mentally. Right. Like they were able to create and transform communities, have their own courts. They had millions of dollars. They amassed wealth and influence and impact in some of the most dangerous times. Right. So as we talk about, you know, going through uh, Jim Crow and going through the black codes and all of that, well, there were still black people thriving through every decade right. while faced with all of the tremendous barriers, right. you understand me, and systems, and we're looking good while doing it. Looking super clean, <laughs> super healthy, yeah. skin glowing, yeah. didn't look worried, Nope. didn't look tattered. When you see the pictures of the depression, show me one where you could pull one and, and our people look depressed. Now, black people didn't get affected as much as the depression as white folks. We had an you enclosed me? system. Yeah, we, and we, we, we wasn't that far removed from just getting out of slavery. That's right. We weren't worried about a market crash. Right. <laughs> well, our money wasn't in the market, number one. Plus, we were more literate, you understand me? We knew how to save more, you understand? We had a, 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 a greater family uh, dynamic. Dynamic, we, right. We were better resolved for those situations. Fast forward now, we were worse off right. of all people. Right. So right. when we talk about doing better, we talk about wealth today, is really tapping back into the roots of our ancestral thinking. You understand me? And how they were setting up enterprises from the 20s and the 30s, right? And and, and so on and so forth, because right. we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just need an extensive case study. I, w I feel like a collective of researchers, you know, it would benefit the collective if they were to come together and really go back and bring formulas back. Mm -hmm. because there were formulas being used. This wasn't happenstance. People were, in, they weren't just trying to figure it out. When you look at the list of black inventors in the 1800s, there's hundreds of them. It doesn't make sense. The timeline doesn't add up to what this, the, the reconstructed story that they sold us, the story that comes out of the lost cause and reconstruction and whatnot, when the quote unquote Confederate South teamed up with the North and switched everything around after the Civil War.
And when they switch all of that around, that's when the inventors get erased from the textbooks. That's when the contributions of great black men and women get erased. That's when the history of the Aboriginal, Indigenous, uh, Native Americans, it, it just disappears. Mm. Like, they, what happened, you know what I mean? So as a result of that, you know, we're, 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 we're living in this quote-unquote matrix, right? We're living in this false reality. We're living in a social construct that's really brand new. This right. is recent, where they changed the whole history around and whatnot. It's a new matrix. Right. So we don't feel like we should edify. We don't, we're almost shamed of our ancestors when they're brought up because of what Hollywood created. Right. Because when you brought up the 20s and how pro 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 progressive we were, I wanted to throw in there that the distractions were not what they are now. We didn't have Hollywood. We didn't have the media the way TV. that we have it. Right, TV. You couldn't necessarily utilize propaganda in the newspapers or periodicals or the books that were being written in those days because there were so many people that would peer review it, be like, that's you know what I mean? You would you you would get laughed off of the stage. But when Hollywood came in, right, when the moving picture, you know, the first movie, the the first moving picture that was screened at the White House is D.W. Griffin's the birth of a nation, mm. you know what I mean? Which was heavily, it was heavy in propaganda. Right. Heavy in propaganda against our people, painted us as brutes and savages and whatnot, helped to infuse the rise of the second, um, the second rise of the KKK and gave birth to Jim, you know, all of this Jim Crow lynchings and stuff mm -hmm. like that throughout the South. So it's like, we would really fare better if we knew the names of some of these intellects from the early 1900s, the late 1800s, if we were to bring some of their writings back, you know what I mean? And if we were to edify, because there was a lot of work that was being done even through the inventors and whatnot. So why aren't we edifying their works and continuing these works? Why aren't we studying these patents and, and improving upon mm. it? You know, we don't, yeah. we, don't, we don't gain anything. We won't lose anything out of that. That's how we evolve. So it's like, you know, we've always picked sides with ancestors. Right. Or I like the way Marcus Garvey did it. Or I I, I like the way Noble Drew Ali did it. Or I like right. the way the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did it. Or I like the way so on and so forth. But there's never been a people who've done that, you understand me? Because what they realize is that we come from all of them. That's right. right. And once you realize that you come from all of them, then you evolve. Right. By taking all aspects of from what our ancestors have taught us, because these are our ancestors. Right. When we talk about tapping into our ancestors, you're not getting past Noble Drew Ali, Marcus Garvey and Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Right. You understand me? Like you're not going nowhere until you tap back into foundation. Right. Right. And so when you do, though, you start to see that they had a myriad of solutions and they had a lot of knowledge that was in esoteric occult knowledge. Right, theology that was embedded into it that really shaped the fabric of American culture today. Right. Right. That you like, let's go to what Marcus Garvey was trying to do back in those days. You understand me? Buying his own ships. Black Star Liner. Right. Giving right. out stock certificates, right? And creating factories and creating his own toy factories and ice cream shops, right? And having right. a universal alliance of chapters around the world of people right. of different races backgrounds, ideologies, 
he had the ability to synchronize and get all of these people to come together. I mean, even today, Ghana's black stars in representation of the Black Star Line. Right. So, and, and he was out here in America, even though he was from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But when we look at that, even in Jamaica, he's not the most honored by the Jamaicans. Right. You understand me? Haley Selassie is more honored than Marcus Garvey. Than Marcus, right. Right. And I think that, you know, that's a representation of a self-hate, us not believing in our true power, not seeing that power in ourselves, so we need to see it in somebody who looked other than ourselves. Right. You understand me? Because as great as Haley Selassie was, I don't think that the Jamaicans needed him to find power. Right. You understand me? And same thing in America. We look outside of our heroes that exist here to find power. Right. As if the distance of them being over there, not from our culture, makes them greater when you're not going to be able to get past the ancestral line that was here. Even the people you disagree with, Yahweh being Yahweh, Father Divine, right? right? The brothers that you look at that had riches. Mm-hmm. You're talking about before there was Jay-Z's and Diddy's and Tyler Perry's and, you know, the Oprah's. Right. There, there was already Madam C.J. Walker's, right? Right, right, right. And other black men and women who had millions of dollars, influence, social impact. Not only that. They had theology and philosophies that people followed them. Like the right. brother Father Divine walked around telling people that he was God. Right. And he had black men and women in a time of segregation following him and giving him money. And he telling them, we be talking about, you know, holding your, your, your sacred energies. He said, y'all can't have sex. Right. <laughs> and, and they was rocking with him. Right. But how savvy and charismatic and, and, and powerful you got to be during that time where black men is getting hanged. And killed, right? Where you know he establishing basically a, a political party, right? And he got white folks and black folks. I'm talking about they wearing gear that says Father Divine is God, right? But you wouldn't teach about that if you want black men, you understand me, uh, uh, to be subservient. You understand me? Like if you want them to tap into their power, know who they are, know what's been happening in America the whole time, you tell stories like this. This brother was born in 1910 all the way up into 1960s, and he was running game. Right. You understand me? I don't say game in that sense, but you know, it is what it is. But I only say that because when we don't have those stories in our mind, then we don't know what to evolve on. We don't know the possibilities of who we are during all of the harsh times. So even in today's time of whatever we may be faced with, we have way more resources than mm-hmm. Father Divine, than Umbrellage Muhammad, than Malcolm X then Marcus VC, then whoever you want to go to, we have more resources than all of them at our fingertips. Right. Right? And in, on the movie I was doing with uh, Wall Street Trap, I talked about collective intelligence. Right. If we, the, that most dangerous thing that we have, of course, in our culture is individualism and distractions. But the individual self creates a pride around only self-accomplishment. It's not in the extension of what we add. Right. But once you add back into the ancestors, you understand me, and you look at it as a collective system, now you're thinking about contribution, right? And taking pre-existing systems, adding on to that to evolve. Right. So this is why we're stagnant in growth, and we look at our resources, but we can't point to productivity, you understand mm. me? Like these two should match. The more resources, the more productive. Of course. Right? Of course. But we actually, in some areas, we see it going down. You have more resources, but you become less efficient 
at producing change? Well, one of the curses of Americanism, or what Blue calls Americana, mm. is that they've trained their society to be an individualistic society. You know, the glaring opposite of Americanism is what you see China doing, right? And then you see them come together. They don't, they're, they're not moving as individuals, even though they have individual mind states, of course, they're moving like the ant farm. Mm. You understand? Yeah, the ant This is about, this is about, it's, it's, it's nationality over there. They're about nation first. You know, they, they move for the nation and they switched to communism. They merged it with capitalism and whatnot. And then they began that run where they became the producers of the world. And then America became the consumers of the world. So by America having a consumer mind state and not a prosumer mind state, you know, with all of the resources in the world, the mind state is still to be consumers. So you got money, but you just running around showing me what you bought, mm. right? Stuff that's not tangible. You know what I mean? Things that devalue the minute you pop a tag or put something on or drive off the lot. You know, it's not, you're not saying, oh, I have these resources and I'm going to collaborate and we're going to put it in a pot. There's a hundred powerful multimillionaires who've been studying the ancestors and each one of us have agreed to pick up where our ancestors have left off and we're gonna collectively come together and finish their works as a collective. I have equity in what you do, you have equity in what I do, we have equity in what he does. There's a vested interest to see each other win so we won't sabotage each other. You dig what I'm saying? And that's the formula, that's how it works. But We've been, this is a competitive environment. Americanism is about individualism. Me, 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 you know what I mean? So until we're able to break that mind state and begin to think for ourselves again and in, in a more healthy manner to whereas we, you know, we saw the collective as, you know, I mean, we live in a new day and age where digital convergence is the key. Mm -hmm. You feel me? These, these, you know, in, in this new digital economy, digital convergence, uh, collaboration, being able to link up with somebody else on social media to grow your platform. Mm -hmm. These are the formulas that they're putting out there to show you they win. But it's going up against, right? It's, it's going up against, it's almost like cognitive dissonance. It's going up against what they taught us to be right. about yourself. Right. You know, self-preservation, care about you, feed your babies and all of this other stuff. And it's like, well, what about, you know, what about studying what was working and going back to that? That gets me thinking about, you know, I, I, I always feel like, you know, the gods is lazy when the devil be working overtime. You understand me? And right. when a god outworks the devil, then we win. You understand me? Because we already got an up on him. He got to right. work harder, obviously, because he had a disadvantage. Right, right. But we be, it's like you having a fat, lazy guy just sitting there and the devil got damn ripped with a six pack running miles around him, right. overlapping him. The, right. the fat guy just, you know, this is my earth. I built this, you know what I'm saying? mine. Everything will be mine again. Devil That's like, right. shit. <laughs> Not on my Not watch. Not on my watch, right. <laughs> you understand me? He's determined. Yeah, so, like, when you study America, they talk about how America is built on different grids, different systems, different burial grounds, ceremonial grounds. Right. Like even when you talk about, you know, uh, 
the creation of banks or constitutions and things of that nature, they trace it back and be like, yo, they actually built this on the blood sacrifice ground. You understand me? Like, they wasn't lazy in the energy that they was imbuing when they was creating the banking system. You right. understand me? They make sure that they put systems together. When I went to London, I see the same thing that in London, there's ritual procession that still proceeds today that has been happening for hundreds of years. When you look at the family over there, that is a representation of a ritual. Right. You understand me? That they're consistent of. Right. Even to this day, they make sure that those same rituals, because it adds a dominant uh, egregore. Right. right. And I want I want you to expound on what that is in a little bit. But when you talk about some of these systems and these thought forms and how they utilize it, this is how there's never been. And I want people to really understand this. There's never been a large institution, a billion dollar institution and a great brand without 100 percent strategic intentionality. Meaning right. that every single aspect of this thing has been planned out. You cannot accidentally rule the world. Right. You cannot accidentally create a billion dollar brand. You cannot right. accidentally enslave people, have them consuming your products for 50 to 100 years. It takes science. It takes ritual shit. It takes magic. It takes psychology. It takes all of the weapons in the arsenal to make these things happen. Right. So like for us, it's like. The problem is that, you know, the guys got to get fit again, learn the high science and then execute based on what we know to utilize our advantage and our edge that we have because we are original. Right. The original can always beat the copycat, but not if the copycat is outworking the original. Right. You understand me? Right. But when we talk about like systems of egregors, because when I was studying this, I was studying it because I wanted to go to the root. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the root of how brands and religions and how these dominant paradigms exist that pre-existed before I was born. And it's like, I'm born into a world with these systems already running the world. Right. So unless my energy becomes at the same level of vibrational frequency, then they're going to continue to rule my environment. So for us as a collective, we have to learn this science too in order to utilize it. So therefore the people that are building systems, are building brands, are getting money. Now they got the magic, they got the power, they got the science to execute on an exoteric level. Right. Because you ain't going to find me no billionaires that don't know the esoterics. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, they tapped in. Peace. If you want to be an affiliate of Gold Water Corp, tap into 323-577-6692. Text affiliate to that number. See you on the other side of greatness. Peace. Let's talk about these egregors. Well, all right, awesome. An egregor is identified as a collective thought form, what you may commonly refer to as groupthink. Um, if I were to go into corporate America, there would, you know, there would be something called corporate culture, right? That is a groupthink. That's a that's a that's an egregor, right? They will orientate mm -hmm. you into the corporation. You're not just going to come into corporate America and they're not going to be orientated into what their culture is. Um, case in point, I just brought up a minute ago, the lost cause, right? Which is um, a fictional reality that was created by the daughters of the Confederation alongside the uh, sons of the Confederate veterans, alongside the Ku Klux Klan, mainly in the South. Right. And then after the assassination of Lincoln, they merged with the North 
they uh, basically switched up all of the books and whatnot. They began to put these statues to revere their quote unquote, the, the treasonous traitors that were the Confederate uh, war generals, Robert E. Lee and all of them. They put them on the energy grids right, all around the world. They strategically placed them on these ley lines and on these grids. They uh, What are ley lines for the people that don't know? Ley lines are energy centers that travel throughout the earth, the meridians and whatnot that cross, um, you know, the longitude and the latitude going all around the planet, right? We're in Atlanta, we're on the 44th parallel. But the 33rd, my bad, and that extends all around the world. So if you were to enter, if you were to put a monument, a bronze monument on these ley lines and whatnot, and then consecrate these monuments, right? Do, doing things like ritual and whatnot, even when they basically, you know, um, when they have the ceremony just for, for the monument, when they unveil it and whatnot, that in and of itself is a ceremony. But this whole idea of the South, you know, not being traitors, not being treasonous, the KKK being honorable people, this is all an egregor. This is all a myth. This is all a lie. But this lie and this myth have been consecrated by all of the blood rituals, which were the lynchings that have taken place. So now when you put these lynchings and, you know, I mean, now when you shed blood in the name of this quote-unquote, it's an entity. It's it's like a this this egregor is a thought form, but it's an entity that will actually hypnotize people with hatred. You know, they talk about uh, these young men are being radicalized on on uh, the internet, like on 4chan and 8chan and whatnot. They're tapping into the egregor. You know what I'm talking about? So is there? Because when I first looked up egregors. They just gave the plain science. They didn't put it in the sense of morality, good or bad. So is there a way to utilize the science for good is the question. Of course. Of course. And the Gregor could be utilized for, well, you know, whatever way it's being, you know, programmed and whatnot. They could be goody yeah. Gregors. Because when, I think, like, when we look around, we go around, like, we look at McDonald's, right? Yes. Everybody know the ba 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 I'm loving right. it. That's a jingle that's in your head that's connected to Daddy Gregor of McDonald's, right? right? You think about yellow and red, right? The psychology that that plays on you, fast food. Right. Um, you think about, um, you know, smiling and happy and cheeseburger. Like, everything connected to right. the energy, the smell, the language. <laughs> I was just having this conversation. McDonald's was set up as a reward system when we were coming up. Mm. It's not so much the same now, right? but if you were to do good in school, right? If you were to, you know, whatever you did that was good, you were being rewarded with McDonald's. Mm -hmm. That was a part of our reward system. Fast food in its earlier days until it became so, until it became so proliferated to where it was everywhere. When I was coming up, it was not, there wasn't a lot of McDonald's all over the place. So right. it was tied into a reward, but go ahead. Yeah, so now children, when they grow up, because the Gregor is so strong, they know about it by the time they get to age five. Like almost every child you ask them about, they're going to know and be able to recognize McDonald's. Right. Now, at that stage of their life, they're at that stage where they're most impressionable, right? right. Where their frequency has not been cemented yet, where they know who they are. 
But by the time it does, they know who McDonald's is. That's now inside them. So what I'm saying is that's a dominant frequency. And a dominant frequency always wins. Right. You understand me? And so when we talk about these systems, we're talking about these existing entities and energies that are, you know, when you go incorporate a business, that's what you do. You're, you're bringing a life. You yeah. understand me? LLC a is person. an entity. Yeah, right. a corporation. So it's a corpus. Corpses. A corpus. So you're literally bringing it to life. You're going through a ritual right. that brings something to life that has rights, that is considered to be a person, that right. has his own legal standing, that can actually vote in the form of money. Right. So we're not actually processing what's happening on a metaphysical level with things around us. Right. Right. Why are the scientists and the brand people utilizing these rituals and these symbols in the first place? Because they understand that we can embed that into you and then you will carry it on forever. It's going to be in your language, your culture. Your it's going psyche. to be in your diet, your psyche. Whether you want to or not, you're already born in a world same thing with religion. You're born in the world. You're going to know. You're going to hear the word Jesus. You understand me? Branding. You're going to hear that word. You're going to see a church. You're going to see a Bible. Right. No matter who you are, you don't have the ability to stop that from happening because Gregor, the system, the frequency that exists has so much. And then you have people that carry that on. Right. So in the beginning stages, the mystical schools is breaking it down, saying that, well, when you create something, everybody has to follow that ritual. And it has to be based upon, you know, the collective energy, right? right? And then you have to be careful about new members. When you bring in new people, they can try to make it about themselves rather than about the existing entity itself. Right. This is why individualism is so dangerous. Right. Because you may bring somebody into your organization and your business. They think they're a better salesperson. They're more charismatic. They can speak better, right? Now they want to pull people. Well, let's do things like this. That's how you destroy, right, things that can go actually go on for a very long time, right? Instead, right. you have to make sure people follow the defined rules that are set. And right. you can build it in such a way that it allows it to expand, but never operate around these charismatic characters that come in. And in the courtship, we allow whoever is the next person with the nice beat, most popular, they get to just sway us in whatever direction. Right. Because when we use the word courtship, and this is why a lot of people can't figure out why we use it so much, but this is only Gregor. You understand cult. me? Yes. Cult. Culture. Yeah. Right? This is on you know, religion. The cult of personality worship. You feel me? Um, corporate America, they have checks and balances in place to whereas anybody just can't come in there and do what you said just mm -hmm. now. That Those people get replaced and fired mm -hmm. and whatnot. That's where... The checks and balances. That's where the that's where the hierarchy comes in. The manager will be, you know, they gonna pull the manager's coat and be like, "Yo, son is in the uh, mail room acting, you right. know, trying to create a mutiny." Because you gonna mess up with the company's culture. It's the culture, right? So the culture is tied into the egregor or the corporate, um, you know, the quote unquote corporate culture, mm -hmm. and they can't have that. Yeah. But like you were saying there's no checks and balances in certain other cultures. Like our culture tends to be deregulated. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's almost decentralized. There is no hierarchy. There is no quote unquote, you know, they talk about the code and all of this stuff, but you know. But the culture is not really decentralized mm -hmm. because there's more people who have more power within it than others. Right. So the corporations have more power in the culture 
right, than the people because the people are now being influenced by the capital of the corporations right. to be swayed in certain directions. Right. I want to break out a song may cost me $3 million, $10 million, $30 million. Everybody's going to be on this frequency. Right. They're going to start utilizing the language. They pushing P. They doing this, that, and the third. But that's corporate dollar sponsorship behind certain people pushing what they call pushing the culture, but it's really controlling the culture. Right. Funding. Yeah. The, you know, feeding the egregor. Yeah. Right? Because in the music business, the, the, the egregor that's attached to that, we don't have to be rocket scientists to figure out exactly. what that's about. And how do they feed that? They feed that continuously with, like you said, ad dollars. I was gonna bring up Edward Bernay earlier when mm. you were talking about, you know. Eric Bernay? No, Edward Bernay from the, <laughs> the Century of Self documentary. Yeah. And you Never know. Never go Eric Bernay. <laughs> yeah. So Edward Bernay, you know, he was studying, quote unquote, the psychology of the customer or the consumer for that matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they began to market to man's lower self, to his right. desires and whatnot. That's why you had women in bikinis selling beer and things of that nature. So they've taken that and they've basically run with it. You know what I'm saying? So they, they you know, they know how to basically hypnotize. They know how to you know, put the, 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 um, the, the consumer, you know, the uh, westernized quote-unquote uh, culture is very heavy on bringing, you know, products because remember, this is a consumer-based society. And with the studies of Edward Bernay and then further on down the line with all of these other uh, companies, multi-million dollar uh, companies that deal with marketing and promotion, ads and whatnot, you know, they, 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 they're pushing whatever agenda that they want to push yeah. because they're utilizing formulas and they're utilizing sciences and they have some of the most powerful tools at their disposal, which is the camera. Which, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, look at, look at the, the most powerful tool that an entrepreneur has the ability to write. Right. You understand me? When it, there's too many people out here that have businesses, they think they have brands. They don't really have a brand because right. they have nothing written down. Right. You won't find nothing like to write R-I-T-E. It's the first ritual. Right. Right. It's the first metaphysical act that you make a thought real. It's by putting it on paper and you cast it into, you know, uh, uh, matter. Right. Right. And now you have the ability to bring that from paper and put it and make it a, a 3D shape it right. can become real reality consecrated so when we doing that and we skip these rituals we wonder why we can't build because we're not building systems right like there's no building that's ever been built without first an architect with the, the blueprint, blueprint right. doing the mathematics on it you understand right. me the engineer right all of these things have to come together so when we want to build something of consequence but we don't actually go through the methodology we don't go through uh, what it requires to actually plan something of greatness. Now we're doing ourselves a disservice. Right. Right? Because now we're expecting... Cutting corners. Outcome without the work. Yeah, you cutting corners. So I want to be able to take this high-level intelligence, right, this thought pattern, mm -hmm. and get entrepreneurs of the culture to take a step back. Right. First of all, think about this culture as this, you know, objective thing that exists with these rules around it. 
Right. And the culture now can be, you know, the largest percentage of the culture is ran by ignorance. The small percentage of those, you know, of those who get money, those who are enlightened, you know, those who are political sh- uh, uh, shapers, those who are the creatives, that's the smallest percent. Yeah. But those people are also connected to another culture that they're ran by and getting paid to. Right. So the shapers of our culture is ran by another culture, right? Mm. And we think it's the same thing, but it's not. So now you have an internal uh, a civil war, you understand me, that has to go on where, say, those who want to influence us in a misdirection are now have to fight against those. But you really, the biggest opportunity is take the larger percentage of the people that exist as the 85% that's in there and be like, you all need to have a re- renaissance within yourselves. Right. Right. There has to be a creative spark. There has to be a revolution of relearning these rituals and these structures. Because when I talk about this, there's a real world application. When you study branding, branding is a study of metaphys- metaphysical occultism. Right. You understand me? To create ideas and turn them into entities that are live living beings. People then now worship them. Right. Right. Like we worship brands right right and you know the slave owners understood that pain they consecrated their brands first on the skin of the black slaves right we gonna stamp it in there right now i got a, a hundred slaves with my brand on it right Branded. i take that same brand i'm stamping it on my products right right this is now my company america started off as that same sort of entity utilizing the black bodies to power right. the energy to now manifest themselves to become what they are today. Of course. So we reverse engineer that and say, well, how can we utilize ourselves to do the same thing? Because the rituals that they got came from our ancestors. Right. You know, there's there's nothing that was created on that side that didn't come from the inside. Definitely. They watched how we was able to produce. We utilized geometry back in the day. We utilized mathematics. We understand architecture. We understand how to design. Not not just design, we design language. We design right. writing. We design high, high civilization, <laughs> right? High civilization. Yeah. You know, we we didn't we we didn't lack. Yeah. You feel me? Um, one of my studies that I'm real adamant about is something called the fantasy industry. Mm, the fantasy industry. Fantasy Expound. industry. Inside of the fantasy industry is a lot of solutions to some of the issues that we have that we're currently facing and whatnot. And also inside of the fantasy industry, I can identify how we've been put under these spells and how we've been, quote unquote, you know, uh, intoxicated with other people's brands. And the fantasy industry consists of multiple different um, industries. They consist of the music industry. They consist of the movie industry. They consist of the comic book industry. They consist of the cartoon industry. They consist of the toy industry. They consist of any industry that's created from the creative faculties of your mind, right? Where man is able to pull from the quote unquote upper, the upper room, right? And consecrate it in Malkuth, right? In this, in this 2D reality, right? So Superman, existed in the mind of whoever created him. But now, in the minds of millions of people, based off of the branding of Superman, 
based off of the consistency of the creators of Superman, the writers, the designers and the artists and whatnot, Superman is real in the alternate universe somewhere. Yeah. So you cannot tell your subliminal mind, right? Your subliminal mind can't differentiate what's real and what's not. You know what I mean? It knows what is being shown and whatnot. So Superman, like you have people who cosplay and whatnot. You gonna tell me that the people at Comic Con, the whole Street Fighter uh, 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 booth and whatnot, where dudes walk around looking like Blanca, mm-hmm. and Shorty is on her Chun Li, yeah. that's not real. You know what I mean? Right. They, it's as real as they want it to be. Jesus is as real as Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse is right. as real as Jesus. And the uh, TV show American Gods really gets into that. They on the third season. Season one started out with belief, mm-hmm. right? So all it takes is a belief. It begins with that. If I could get you to believe, right, your 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 perception, mm. what you perceive is what you believe. So if I could get you to believe something, then I could get you to perceive something. So they got us believing that we slaves. They got us believing that we didn't add anything to history. They got us believing that we subservient. They have us believing that we evolved from a monkey. Mm. They got us believing that our brains are smaller. All of these things that we believe was fed to us through the fantasy industry. It was given to us through the quote unquote reconstructive post lost cause, post reconstructive, post Jim Crow school of deducation. When they lied to us through education, that system, but it was backed up and it was embossed upon our subliminal minds through the fantasy industry. Remember Bugs Bunny when they was giving you the Africans with the bones in their nose mm-hmm. or the or the red Indians who were like mad goofy and whatnot. You know, all of these subtleties. Same thing with the Bored Apes. Right. With Now fast forward with the Bored Apes. And, you know, they've been able to really do a number on our people. The video game right. industry is part of fantasy industry. Look at how we think of Africans. We imbued with right. the idea that you know, their rituals are savagery instead right. of understanding the spiritual intelligence that's designed in their rituals and how they sustain themselves, right, over millions of years. Right. Right, like we don't even believe in our ancestral rituals. We believe in them as to be savage, even though modern day or so-called civilized people who mm-hmm. live in house right. and follow the rules of the constitution are some of the most savage in the world. In the world. You understand me? So yeah. it's like now savages are uniform. Yeah, look like, how many shootings that's happened. Look how many prisons are filled. Right. You can't tell me this is civilization. Facts. You this feel me? has to be a primate form of savagery. Right. We gotta. We can look directly at the numbers and the statistics and challenge that. So it's like a sane asylum. Even shit, just the way that you can't say certain things. How do you have a society where a person cannot express a certain thought? Right. So now there's a prison on the mind on what can be said. Because if you say this, right, then it says that, well, these people are not free. But I'm not free if I can't say this. Right. So it subjugates the 85%, not 99% for the 1%. Right. Right? Because you're telling me that, well, the people that really think like that's like 1% of the world. But nope, the 99% got to follow that because you might hurt their feelings. But that don't make sense. I don't. Why is there no coexistence of different thought processes? Right. How is that? How is that in modern day considered to be the most civilized way to go about 
you know, uh, building amongst each other and evolving with each other. Keep in mind, this is about narrative, right? War, right? One of the main objects of war is about ideologies, right? To control the mind, to control the narrative, to control the narrative, the war between the war of hearts and minds and whatnot. They can't afford competing ideologies to exist. That, so their branding and their marketing dollars go towards pushing an agenda that's going to solidify their narrative. Mm -hmm. Henceforth, when you go and watch these commercials nowadays, there's always this quote unquote agenda that keeps popping up to whereas the black man is beginning to disappear, the upright black man is beginning to disappear from the picture mm. and all equations. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? There's all of these ambiguous, uh, you know, images that we keep being shown that we like, that ain't me. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? But it's not a culture that's based on righteousness, it's based on capitalism. So if, if you understand the power of marketing, psychology, sciences, all of this stuff, then you say, well, damn, I want these people to behave better. I'll show them better images of themselves. Right. So therefore, I can subconsciously program them to do better for themselves. Right. It becomes very simple. We already understand the science. We spent billions of dollars. So if we really wanted to change that community, then we actually have the tools to change it if we want to. Right. We can influence them and utilize manipulation and mind control to get them to do right for themselves. Reverse, in, right, reverse engineer what we already know is not working for us right. and begin to give us powerful, positive images. And I'm talking about blanketed throughout all of the fantasy industry because I bring up the fantasy industry because that's an extension of the imagination, which is one of our most powerful tools to get mm -hmm. out of the, what we find ourselves in. We have to reprogram ourselves and the best way to reprogram ourselves as a people would be through those industries because you gotta meet the people where they at. You feel me? Our, our people love going to the movies. Mm. So to teach them about Marcus Garvey's, to teach them about Elijah, to teach them about Noble Drew Ali, to teach them about the Moorish uh, epic and whatnot. Why What's not? the Moorish epic? Give me a breakdown. Yes. So when I say the Moorish epic, what I would, re what I'm referring to is the rise of the Moorish Empire in the Iberian Peninsula from the years of 711 A.D. to 1492. The contributions that they brought to both Africa and also to Europe and whatnot, both good and bad. You know, uh, you got to give the good, bad, and ugly. Um, their contribution to Islam, right, classical Islam, uh, the different dynasties that came out of that. You have the Umayyad, the, uh, the Almoravid, the Abbasid dynasty. There were many different dynasties, the Nasir dynasty. Um, the Moors from North Africa, which consisted of both Muslims, um, Arabs, my bad, and also you had the quote-unquote um, North Africans, right, of African descent, um, and you also had the Berbers, and they went over into the Iberian Peninsula, and they civilized mm. the Europeans that were over there who were under the quote-unquote, uh, they were under the, um, the control of the Visigoth Empire, and whatnot, the Byzantine Empire was running things over in North Africa and then they got toppled. So by going over to uh, the Iberian Peninsula, by going over to Europe, they pulled them out of what was known as the Dark Ages. Yeah. 
right? So they introduced baths, bathing houses. Mm, they introduced, you know, silverware and things of that nature, forks and knives. Uh, some of the kings and queens in Europe were uh, documented to be living in barns. Mm. Uh, the Moors erected castles. The architecture, when you go over there, you will even see the architecture has a name, um, a specific name for their architecture. Now, even when you look at the shows, like the Viking shows, that's true. They was living in barns when you show them. Uh, uh, on Netflix, a show called Vikings, Ragnarok, all of the right. kings, they was living in barns, literally. Right, barns. You understand right. me? With the animals. Right, and they had an issue with bathing. <laughs> yeah. So right. there's a guy named Liver King. You ever seen him? Lyric King? Liver King. No. Big buff guy. No. And he says he follows his ancestral tenants. Right. So, you know, he eats off the land. He eats liver for what he, you know, amounts to as, you know, nutrition and everything. Right. Uh, but he also says that he doesn't believe in soap. He doesn't believe in bathing. Right. You understand me? He doesn't believe in brushing his teeth. Right. Right. All of these different things. And I was like, well, this is the exact reason. He's he's a very great case study on, yeah, that's how their ancestors were before the Moors came and civilized them. Right. Going back to your earlier conversation about Naturalized memory. I ain't gonna call that civilization. Right. Naturalized. Yeah. Ancestral memory. So a lot of the quote unquote uh, white fragility uh, organizations that exist, they identify with their European ancestry who were running things either before the Moors got there or the ones who were responsible for mm. defeating the Moors. Queen Isabella, King Ferdinand, the crown of Castile and whatnot. That would be modern-day Spain. They identify with the Ostrogoths, the Visigoth Empire. You know, all of these ancient empires. That's what that's what you saw in Charlottesville. You know what I mean? That's what you'll see when you go, get into their literature and things of that nature. A lot of these homeland terroristic organizations, they're tapped in. You feel me? And one of the that whole replacement theory that you 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 keep hearing, that is a direct reflection of them saying that you'll never be able to put our mothers and our women in bondage or in chains or in brothels or in harems, you know, because there was also a whole thing about Europeans being enslaved yeah. for thousands of years that got buried, right, as a result of them reconstructing history. Mm -hmm. That's something that they threw away. You even have stories of them being slaves in the Americas. On, 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 on plantations in the South, they were owned by melanated people. Mm. But they won't, you have stories of the Civil War, you know, them being free, running around barefoot and whatnot, you know, run, screaming like banshees and things of that nature. The European, mm. you know, but this is something that they won't let you, you know, they, they, they try to bury it, but it's in a shallow grave. Henceforth, why they're so, why white fragility exists henceforth why these inferiority complexes exist, henceforth why they almost went to war about critical race theory, because if you expose the myth, right, then what do they have to stand on? The house is already built, their, their foundation is built on a house of cards, right? So they've been able to solidify the lie through the fantasy industry, through the comic books, through the cartoons, Hollywood was the best thing to happen for them. Mm. Going with the wind is a complete fiction. It, it, is, it, it is a fiction of a time that really never existed. The antebellum South is portrayed. That is a, that is a complete farce. That's not, that's not true. Mm. It's not a reality. 
So that makes the people, a lot of sense. The, the people who were behind, I don't mean to cut your wisdom, no, go ahead, Empire bro. of Their Own, the documentary about the rise of Hollywood, those Eastern Europeans who got in alignment with the highbrow or blue blood Europeans who were over here who had the bread back in those days, they rewarded that class and absorbed them into what is known as white society or uh, dominant society, right? The Eastern European, right? Got it. They they did they, they did the, they built the studios in Hollywood to help perpetuate the myth of white supremacy, and as a result of that, they got rewarded by being able to marry the daughters of highbrow society. By marrying the daughters of highbrow society, they got absorbed into highbrow society or blue blood society. Remember, because that's what marriages originally are, the arrangements to bring families together to elevate both families or a family that wasn't elevated, huh? status, you know what I mean? So they were able, they rewarded them by saying, you can marry my daughter. Then those people changed their names to be more anglicized. And then they created the American dream. The American dream is an egregore. Mm. Mm. <sighs> Crack, heroin, PCP, right? Um, ketamine, ADHD, where people utilize uh, Adderall. Man, there's all kind of drugs out there that people utilize. Um, liquor, you know, weed. People are addicted to so many different things, right? And the average person that wants to quit, they can't. They don't have control over their own will, right? Which means they don't have control over their own way and their own destiny. And they're enslaved to the things that they take. Now, how did you gain control over self? Of course, there's a mental function, but there's also a biological function as well. See, oftentimes when we're addicted to something, we crave it. There's a excitement. And that excitement is, if you will, an electrical spike. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Right in our brains. We automatically think that if I get that, I'll be rewarded with the pleasures. So your brain is operated based on what it feels, not what it thinks. You understand me? The moment you think of that drug, it is inducing a small chemical in the brain to make you feel that same pleasure that you will if your will continues to go towards manufacturing and producing and manifesting that drug into your reality putting you in this cycle want and will desire and action consistently how do you disrupt that well if i want something but i have a stronger will than the things that i desire and i can disrupt that and biologically i also have the capabilities within because my body doesn't crave something because it no longer needs it meaning that it's already at an electrical spike of activity right you already high off energy so therefore you say nah i don't need the drink Nah, I don't need the coffee. My willpower is stronger. See, in the 19th century in the UK, they utilized gold as a way to curb addiction, 
right? Now this was a necessary process and they still utilize gold today in cancer treatments and tumor treatments and all sort of different ways that they utilize gold. The ancient people knew the recipe. They knew how to utilize the elements of the world to take control and power over self. Imagine if you had the greatest electrified operating system in the world and you can begin to control your own will. We've had great testimonials from people who are addicted to weed, people who are addicted to liquor, people who are addicted to coffee, and they've all been able to start to begin to take control of their own will and curb these addictions. And they believe that the assistance of the gold allowed them to be able to tap into that higher mode instead of being controlled by their lower selves. Now they're so electrified, it's their higher mind that is in hyperdrive. Make sure y'all tap in, get on the gold, stop being controlled by your addictions and your afflictions. Instead, make gold a part of your new ritual. Tap in. So, all of these pre-existing ideas, it's like even the way, you know, when we speak, we utilize all of these pre-existing thought bubbles that exist around us that we, we download and we say, okay, this is how we express this thought, this feeling, this idea. Yes. You know, it's like, all the way break down to, or you ask a person, you know, um, how you doing? You understand me? And I never liked it because I said that grammatically it don't make sense. Right. You understand me? So right. I would change it to what are you feeling? Right. And just this process of reviewing thought, ideas, right, paradigm quotes, egregors, start to allow you to free yourself and emancipate to where you can create as you go things that are actually aligned that makes sense. Sense, right. But if you live in a world of chaos where you're consistently saying things that don't make sense, right, then they have no power in them. Of course. Right. So the very things that we say on a daily basis to each other when we greet each other, you answer the phone. Hello. Where's the power in that? Right. So hello. When I answer the phone. I'm gonna say peace, God, because there's power in that. Right. You understand? I'm gonna say power to you. Right. You understand me? I'm gonna say, if people ask me how I'm gonna do, I'm blissful. Right. I'm doing amazing. There's power in that. But you have to think the average vocabulary has no power in it. Right. So when a people can get their power by spelling things into existence, by vocalizing and vibrating things into existence. But you teach them a dead language, a language that has no power in it. Right. You understand me? Now they're speaking, thinking, hearing, and seeing like dead men. Right? Right. And it's not until you start to vibrate higher to where you start to actually speak. People make fun of, oh, you want to say grand rising queen. Like, we make fun of being alive. Right. You understand me? Because right. we're so used to walking around in zombies when somebody comes with consciousness. Right. Which is basically saying this person is alive. Right. They're living. They're living. We make fun of being conscious. But, but that's the deaf culture. Yes. That's the push. That's blowback from deaf culture. Ignorance is bliss. Yes. So they're shaming you, right, for being, quote unquote, alive. Mm hmm. Right. They want you to remain backwards because you being alive threatens their, quote unquote, sleeping state. You, you vibrating on a higher frequency, you having high level conversations, it, 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 it is an impediment on a, on a knuckle drag of shit that they're getting away with because now- Not to cut your wisdom, mm -hmm. but it's like, so, and, and onto that thought thread that you flip everything that makes you alive, and if we create the backwards culture, you understand me, and we get them to celebrate that in every aspect, and they, they won't know it. They're going to believe that every single thing that they're doing right now, they created it, it's good for them, it's great. They're going to find systems and ways to defend it. I'm just living, YOLO, let me just live my life. We only, we all gotta die. They're gonna start passing down, right? These, right. these what's it called, soliloquies? Right. Um, and then people are gonna utilize that to defend it. So it was a ritual of getting 
the living man to celebrate dying. Right, because live backwards is what? Devil. Evil. Well, lived. Oh, lived. Okay, yeah, it's lived. the evils, right? Yeah. So one of the slick things that has been implemented. And evil is the devaluation of life. Of course, but it's backwards living. Mm -hmm. So people are like, damn, it feels like I'm living in a bizarre world. It feels like we're in an upside down world because you are. You dig what I'm saying? There's a reward system attached to dysfunction. Mm. You feel me? They've, they, that's how slick they are, that they've implemented systems. Mm. They have a value system. I'll value you if you dumb yourself down. Mm. I'll value you for desecrating your ancestors. I'll value you for, you know, diminishing your, your godhood. I value you for selling crack to somebody's mama. Celebrate it. Make songs about it. Rituals, courses, barbecues. Never forget it. Keep bringing it up forever. Keep valuing it. There's, you see this row of books? This is all DVDs on traders in our community that we was fed, right? And it was given to us as the anti-hero, mm. right? Now, I have an affinity towards the anti-hero. You know, mm -hmm. my scorpion nature gravitates yep. towards, you know, the anti-hero. Because living in America, you know, I'm a, I, I, I can't be the Heru in this bitch. I'm the anti-hero. So we've identified, we've been fed the anti, rappers are anti-heroes. You know, B.A. Baracus from the A-Team. You know, uh, all of these figures that they, they gave us when we were coming up. Bruce Banner was an anti-hero. So it's nothing bad in a sense, but they gave, they sold us the traitors amongst us. You know what I mean? The ones that wasn't even trying to repent mm. and turn things around. You dig what I'm saying? They didn't give us, you know, they gave us, they, they giving us the gangbangers. They giving us the knuckle draggers. You know what I'm saying? They giving us the pimps and the prostitutes. And I'm not judging, but I'm smudging. You mm. dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we 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 not smudging, gonna play. Right? Yeah, we we not judging. We smudging because we're not gonna play. Because they not playing with us. Yeah. Because culture is backwards. So pimping is simping. Pimping is simping. You understand me? Like treating a woman bad is some sucker shit. You feel right. me? Like right. <laughs> spending your money outside the culture, that's tricking. Like that shit weak. Right. You understand me? Like when you start to reverse the mental condition and you embed that into a new generation, then they start to course correct their actions. Right. right. So now their new habits, new frequency, new egregors are towards things that are actually beneficial towards them. Right. But when you grow up in a world where if you now uh, say I'm part of the culture, you're going to also take on the toxicity of being a part of the culture. It's a media download. It's malware. Yes. It's an egregor. Don't talk too smart, man. Right. Don't be sound. Look, they, look. They start laughing. You come in there talking smart. Is you stupid? Right. Keys. You you out there doing high level conversations? Yeah. You know people get killed for that, nigga. What? Niggas get killed for drill rap. What are you talking about? Yes. You get killed for you get killed quicker for being dumb. Exactly. You get quicker for dumbing your. You get you get knocked off quicker for ignoring what you was already sent here mm. with. You 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 are burying. You are dumbing yourself down to make knuckle draggers and people who don't even like you feel comfortable. You understand? That's you standing fact. in the shade, my nigga. You turning down your light. You dimming your light to make who comfortable? Mm. Huh? You selling your body for what? You gonna, you gonna, you gonna, they, you, you gonna, you gonna be in a perpetual state of hell faster than somebody who's gonna be edifying their ancestors and have the audacity to be great. Fuck is mm -hmm. you talking about? 
You know what I'm talking about? And even if I'm on a cross persecuted for being great, I know where I'm going. I'm going to be a spiritual warrior at that point. So spiritual warriors, if anybody studies warfare and whatnot, they, they used to be on a, on a battlefield like, yo, cut my head off, please. Right. You feel me? Where I'm going, y'all can't go where I'm going. I'm dying on my feet. So you can't suit me to dumb myself down to dim my light to be accepted by you? By that who? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. Y'all not even producing billionaires in this culture. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all jockeying around one or two billionaires and we've been doing this shit for 40 years. You think you you think you, you don't have a business model. You, there's no, you, you, not, you can't show me winners. You understand? The people that's coming out of the golden age of hip hop, they don't even got insurance. No disrespect to them or nothing. No, no, nothing to take away from our pioneers, but they not even set up right. Nah, not at all. You feel me? And they, and they were the, and they were the, they, and, and they, they, they were the, they were the, the purveyors of good culture before it got twisty, twisty. Right. But I, they going out bad. You dig what I'm saying? They going out bad, bro. That's the spell, though. The spell is to because the spell does not reward in a way that certain people would dupe to think that they're going to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could get some treatments in the beginning, but where are they now? Right. Huh? They on these lunch boxes. They on these milk cartons, unsung. Where are they? They got about 18 different uh, shows <laughs> to talk about all of the people that got washed up yeah. from bad contracts, right? From being in a perpetual state of poverty and, and, and grabbing the carrot that these people was dangling right for not being unified and having a plan and whatnot for coming for, for trying to come up in an industry as an individual and not a collective right there's all of these story there's all of these case studies that we have to where we could be like yo the culture don't work it is not rewarding like you think if it was rewarding we would own Atlanta right so look look at this so let's look good back to the reverse theory right because it goes deep into the acceptance, you go back to the Ebony magazines in the 60s, 50s, 70s, beautiful black women. What was that, page there. 43? Probably page 19. <laughs> 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 no, but you had these beautiful women that accepted all of their natural essence. And, and that's, that's, that's proof of work. And that's, then we reversed that right. to deconstructing your body to be accepted. Right. So the body shame... You can only be body shamed if you don't accept what's naturally yours. You understand me? Right. So they they now started adding all these words, like I said. So you create it, then you create the defenses of it. So when a person wants to defend, they will, well, how's the public defend? So now they take these different pieces. Well, I want to defend, you know, my reversal and this backwards engineering of myself. So therefore, I'm going to grab. This is how they start to create these cultures around you. Right. And so you have to... Take a generation, teach them young, listen, no, this is what's actually good. This is what's the highest level is the acceptance of your natural beauty. Right. The highest level is the acceptance of your intelligence. Right. Create culture around the celebration of intelligence, right? Right. Instead of degradation of intelligence. Right. Right. When you walk in a room, all that, but he's trying, he trying to keep knowledge. Like right. that's another word that's embedded in culture. We utilize it, passed down to degrade each other anytime we're trying to break free and evolve. Fact. So now 
it has created a self-reinforcing system of keeping you down and condensed at this level. Of course. The moment you start to evolve, I want to look at you crazy. I have all of these tools that's been downloaded and programmed into me to become offensive to you. You understand me? Oh, you start thinking different, dressing different, talking different. Oh, man, you acting a little dangerous now. Right. So now you become the Agent Smith. You, you, you making sure you, anybody that tried to become a Neo, you making sure you trying to knock them down. Right. And you trying to put your hand in them and turn them back into a copy of the Matrix. Right. So we have to get to a point, like when you see Kyrie Irving talking about the ancestors and black people looking at him crazy. How is black that. people looking at yeah. a person crazy for talking about ancestors and spirituality? We should be the last people that look at you crazy. But when we become mimics and copies of the agents, then yes. We do that because if I'm looking at you crazy, you don't want to be observed this way. If I'm talking to you like this, right? Right. So now when a person can make it through, I made it through your insults, I made it through your hate, I made it through all of the egregor systems that try to keep me condensed and down instead of being free and evolved, guess what? I made it to that level of high vibration. I'm right. here forever to stay. There's nothing you can do about nothing. it. Nothing. There's going to be a time where the culture gets there. You understand me? Like, go look at your sons and daughters. You are fighting right now right. to keep control of their mind from being stuck in a lower vibrational caste system. Man. You understand me? And it's going to be a hard fight. But what happens to a lot of parents is that they accept their standards to become lower and lower. Right. Because they say, well, if I'm no longer fighting against it, then I no longer feel like a bad parent for when it happens. Can't beat them, join them. So the war is to, specifically for children, is to catch them early and to teach them and to put them in a system of higher vibration. And this new generation, this indigo generation, this, uh, they call it millenarianism, where there's, you know, a thousand years a generation comes that breaks all the curses. Right. That changes everything that exists in reality and say we can see beyond the veil. Right. We see the spells. We see the curses. We see all of the fabricated sciences. We see that weak magic y'all put over us. Right. We see, you know, uh, what y'all put on our grandparents and great grandparents. Right. We come in to slap them up. Right. You understand? I'm going back. I'm going to slap my ancestor out of this grave so he can wake up. Right. I ain't going to let you die uh, uh, dead. You understand? Right. You're going to die woke. <laughs> right. Like the same way when a person uh, postpartum, we have to do that same thing for our ancestors. Y'all didn't know better. I'm going to give you postpartum oh, consciousness. No doubt. I'm no going to put that energy back on you. So now I'm correcting my whole bloodline. Straight no like that. No more suckers in the bloodline from, from the past to the forward. So, yeah. But why do they do that? Like, think about that. What the hell is a postpartum conviction? Because they understand the metaphysics. Right. They understand that that exists still, that there's a metaphysical realm and where that exists. Right. Like, otherwise, what would be the point of that ritual in consecration? Right. Yeah. To, to, like, what is a four life sentence? Right. So the system is set up based on a spiritual ritualism. Of course. Constitution written based on the Bible. Right. But yet we don't think in spiritual terms, because if I can get you, forget you to uh, remember that spirituality is real, then I can use it against you all day long. All and you day. will try to make logic of things that are spiritual. Right, right. And then you will never be able to fight back because you will never utilize things that you don't believe exist. Right. So you see the Catch-22? Mm -hmm. And I always go back to, once again, the fantasy industry, especially when it comes time to capture the hearts and the minds of the young ones. Remember, they said, the Jesuits said, if you give us your children, 
from one to seven, we got him mm. forever. Because that seven year cycle that keeps perpetuating, is just gonna go off of the original programming. The subconscious, they got you. Yeah, child so, doesn't form conscious identity <coughs> until around 10 years old. Right, so <clears throat> let's say that we collectively came together, put our resources together, you know, snatch back all of the brain drain, you know, all of the creatives amongst us that are in places that are not doing them any good, bring them into bring them into a place where they'll be valued and they'll get their money's worth. And, you know, we begin to start uh, taking back the images that are in the comic books and bring our superheroes, right? Take our ancestors and then uh, and then lionize them, right? Make them the mytho mythological uh, characters. The same way that Stan Lee and them took our heroes, they took Malcolm X and they took Martin Luther King and they made Professor X and Magneto That's and the X-Men. They took Shango and they gave you Thor and all of these things. And then so, they, they made me Wolverine. Right, right, right. <laughs> You're my favorite kid. <laughs> they would have made you Logan. And, you know, that's that's what it is. Cool. Right? We observed that. We witnessed that. There's a whole generation that came up with that. So, all right, boom. We're going to take, you know, we're going to take uh, Dr. Delbert Blair. You know what I mean? We're going to take Dr. Sabi. We're going to take Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. We're going to take Dr. Ben. We're going to take Elijah Muhammad. We're going to take all of the legends. And we're going to create mythologies with them. You got it right, right? there. So we're not just talking about comic books. We're talking about video games. They say, speak the language of the people and meet them where they at. So where they at? Universe. That's what I'm saying. Where the, where, the, where the children at? Where the young, yeah. where the youth at? They listening to the music. They watching movies. They reading the comic books. They online. They in the metaverse. They on Fortnite. Mm -hmm. Roblox. That's that's baby metaverse. So we, we know how to program video games. We could do that now. We have permission to do. We got the tools to do that. We know how to make short films. You could do that off of home programs, Unreal Engine. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, there's all of these things. Uh, uh, Cinemax 4, 4D and all of these things. There's all of these programs that you could create 2D, 3D uh, imagery and whatnot. Um, yeah. I, to that point, though, I think it's, it's more important to build out what we want our world to look, the characters, the stories, the mythos, the legends, all of that, right. than any other type of education or any other thing that we could possibly do. Right, you right. understand me? That, I believe, is the most important, important. that we could ever do, is right. the embedding of programming into the subconscious factory of our minds to produce a different type of algorithm. Three levels world. deep. Yes. Inception, right? I'm talking about, and, and I, I, I to mean, control our own program. hypnotize these babies with our greatness, mm. right? Give them the queens, give them the goddesses, make an old shoe toy. You dig what I'm saying? And, 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 and look how we're talking. There's going to be somebody on the other end that would hate this idea. Why would they want to program all of that into right. these babies and these children? Right. So you have to automatically know that this comes with resistance because the idea is so good. Definitely. However, what I've noticed and what I've come across with the fantasy industry is there's not a lot of resistance because it's going straight to the subliminal. You dig what I'm saying? They don't boycott movies like 
Yeah, you, you can't tell I mean? a symbol, no. Right. They they not turning off cartoons like that unless it's completely out of line. So do you think because when they did the the test where they showed the young black children the dolls, right? And mostly right. all of them picked the white doll. Today I still see parents they don't mind showing their children because I know I, I don't have a child yet. Mm -hmm. You know, inshallah, we get something going on a couple of years right now. <laughs> you know, but I know for a fact my child not going to have, my young black child not going to have no white dogs. Oh, I'm not even yeah. going to allow too much programming of Disney oh, and right. all of the imagination works of all of these white heroes and storylines. Right. I only want them to be programmed with the consciousness of the melanated storylines. But I also understand that we don't have enough yet for parents to choose from. So right. that we have to take the individual ability of them to make the right decisions and give them a more options to pull an abundance of options to make better decisions. People focus a lot on nutrition body-wise. You know, I'm gonna feed this particular system of the body, I'm gonna feed that system. Very rarely do people speak about the mind. Very rarely do people speak about the brain. The brain needs the most energy, right? The brain is uh, needed to process. The brain is needed to, you know, compartmentalize. The brain is needed for so many things, you know, but we don't know what brain food looks like, you know? We know that the body's electrical and what I understand about gold is not only is it super conductive, but it's non-corrosive and it's a noble element. So they say that if I am what I eat, I want to be noble. You know what I'm saying? I want to be of the highest degree. And I also want to focus on mental health. I want to focus on gut health. I want to focus on energy. I want to focus on youth. I want to focus on, uh, you know, accessing uh, pineal activity, hormonal balance, everything that gold represents is what I want to see more of. So what better thing to do but align myself with this particular product and get it out to as many people as I can by singing the praise of gold, which is something that our people have been doing for over 10,000 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is where the marriage of the investors, our new black angel investors, lean investors, this is where that, and the Invest Fest, mm -hmm. this is where that comes into play. You know, we got to do to our people the same thing that the investors did to Marvel. They were starving artists over there. They didn't have it going on at DC and Marvel. They got investment. They got, they got, they got round A, B, and C funding. You know what I'm saying? Them people knew the importance of the fantasy industry. It's all small hat ran. You feel me? So the bankers came in and they funded their cousins. Yeah. You understand? So it's like, once again, like I say, the, the, the incentive to see everybody win is equity. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, want to have no conversation. Yeah, we, we not doing handshake deals no more. And we not, yo, I just want to see my brothers know equity. <laughs> we yo, ain't playing. It's funny, I think around, it's funny because I, when you get to a certain point in time, the consciousness shifts. Right. Where it's like, man, we let y'all run this gambit. We ran, we, we let ourselves, you know, we let the gambit be ran on ourselves for too ran, long. Right. But now everybody's like, at all levels, I need equity because the world is shifting to understanding the ideas of ownership.
right. and really dissecting the business models of capitalism. Right. Right. When we look at the large corporations, we say, damn, we have been a product the whole time. When you go on social media, go on Instagram, you make content, they keep 100% of the profits. That is the right. business model. And right? your data. Right. Beyond the content. This. So you spent money, made them content, right. they keep 100% of the profits. Right. So we never really dissected that because nobody presented to us another option. So Web3 comes and say, well, now you can have ownership over the platform and the content. Right. The blockchain is just this source that's decentralized and nobody owns. You understand me? And you get to keep whichever way it gets monetized. Right. So now how about you keep 50%, 60 70 or 100% right, of the monetization that's connected to your intellectual property? Right. When Same thing with identity and data. Right. When you go to a website, if I'm connected to my wallet and my wallet has my identity in there, I don't have to fill out KYC. Right. You understand me? I'm taking my my identity and my data across the spectrum. This is what Jack Dorsey trying to do with Web5. With Web5, right. You understand right. me? As people get to own their identity. Right. But we've never thought about it in that sense, in that term, that the internet and the this Web2 platforms, right, at the end of the day, there was a lot of good that came from it because we was able to build and have new platforms. But when we start breaking down, this is not really moral because... They're taking off from the people, creating billions and billions of dollars off the ignorance of the people, right? right? Because, yes, you created an opportunity for the streaming to happen, but now we are at a point because of Moore's Law. You understand me? Transitions yeah. are cheaper to make. Technology consistently improves. Now we're at this point where human society say, it would be better if I have control over my own. I don't need you to manage my funds. I'll manage my funds and make these decisions for me. Right. I'll control my data, my ownership. I will decide how I monetize it and make money off of it. And what this does is it now, as we go into a new society, it allows the average person a way to be able to accumulate wealth off their creativity and their intelligence. Right. This is what we've seen with the NFT specifically in connection to artists. Right. Artists finally had a platform where they can go direct to consumers and they can get paid off the front end value, which is the art itself. Right. No starving artists. So this was beautiful. And now Web3 is saying that let's do this for all industries. Right. Because let's content disrupt. creators are the most underpaid, unappreciated, overworked community of people who making content on a daily basis. Right. A celebrity is nothing but a content creator. Of course. You understand me? Um, an actor is a content creator. Yeah. And for the most part, they're not even creating the content. They're playing in the content. Right. Because they're not the one they're directing the and producing. Right, right. Those are the content creators. Right. When, same thing with any show that's out there. Right. They make a show, they're just putting out content. So now these new people on social media, what's the difference between, you know, a, a, a late night show and somebody else who has a late night show on social media or YouTube, they get the same amount of views. Right. Why is this one seen special and this one not? Because we have been shifting to a paradigm where enough people who believe into the old one, right, are still hanging on to the threads, right, of how we did things. And now a new generation said, I never even watched Late Night Show. All I know is this. Right. Right. But this is not sustainable if they control the model. They say, well, we no longer want to monetize. Keep making content. But damn. Mm -hmm. But if you control the platform, they can't decide anything, anything. that happens. Right. They can't say, well, we want to ban you. No. I'm, and, and, and this was, this is a, a, 
the evolution of human beings understanding that we had to progress because this is not sustainable. Right. It's not sustainable to continue to police people as they work. Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm put I'm making your your platform special and you banning me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Me? Right. Man, that's all the views I got. All this time I spent right. on some locked up No. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but for real. So it's right. like if I'm the one that make the platform valuable, why wouldn't I control the platform value? Right. Just it only makes sense. So this is a natural evolution and iteration as we're an inflection point. You understand me with capitalism, morality, and technology, and we're combining new ways for the average individual to be able to capitalize off themselves without outside interruption. Of course. So what's going to happen is these corporations are going to become systems that try to help you monetize. Right. Well, not monetize, but manage. Manage, right. Right? Same way energy grids have become, in certain countries right now, the houses are their own energy grid. Right. The electric companies don't supply the electricity. They manage it because they had existing systems as good at managing it. Right. This person owns their own electricity. They can outsource it to somebody to else somebody if they else. want to and get paid. Right. Same thing is going to happen with the content creation industry, right, and the internet. It is all mine. If you got some systems and some tools that help me manage this, because I got a lot of business coming in, I'll work with you and partner with you on this. Well, of course, of but course. The, we're, we're changing that system with DAOs, right? We're changing that system with all of these new ways to reimagine society. And in some layers of me, we always worry about the insidious nature of, damn, well, what about the people that's currently in control? What would they be doing? They're going to find a way. They got a lot of money. Right. But... Time and time again, same thing with Moore's laws, transitions, and technology, same thing with the revolution. Mm-hmm. It's going to become easier and easier for us to be able to transform the world into a better thing. But we have to be patient. When the first light bulb came out, it didn't come out with a light bulb and a flashlight at the same time. Right. You understand me? Now we got the flashlight that's portable. Right. And they used to be big as hell that you got to have. Now we got one on our phones. Moore's law. Connected to a satellite. Right. Moore's so law. revolution will become that same way where we will have tools that make it easy for us to change the world more and more as we go along. Well, in 2015, you know, I, I, uh, I put out a lecture entitled The Evolution Will Be Digitized. And that came from me doing a lot of research into Web 2.0 and, you know, just identifying the curve that was about to happen. And I would say that a lot of people, you know, that participated in social media didn't study free economy. Mm. You know, the free economy business model is what Facebook, Google, and all of them were built on. You know what I mean? Web 1.0, they remember they were charging you to get on the internet. They were trying to, you had to to pay monthly subscriptions to be a part of it. Uh, the free economy was basically, oh, come on this platform, sign up. Yeah, we give you everything that you need, tools and everything. MySpace, you could HTML, you could you could code, you could build it out. We just want these pictures that you're gonna upload. We gonna want this information. And then later on, they started selling data, and then data became, you know, surveillance, the surveillance industry, and it just blew up. You know what I mean? And when I and then now you have trillion dollar companies and whatnot based off of big data, mm, that's you know what I mean? Fact. So the free economy is, you know, the fact that they learned how to monetize your data without having you to get one cent out of it. Right. Based off of your agreement to sign up and to be a part of these platforms, there was almost like they were dangling a carrot because it was free. Right. 
And then you and, had, and, and, mm-hmm. and people didn't even realize that was their business model. So you thinking this person because they 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 trading you, they do the, the old trick. Right. I'm a, I, I'm gonna give you what I got. You understand me before you realize what you have is valuable. And we go trade. Right. And you know what was valuable to us? Mm. Our followers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm on my. I'm on. I'm. Well, remember Facebook five thousand friend limit. I'm at four ninety nine. Signed. I'm lit. You know what I mean? Like, but the people are valuable. That yeah. It wasn't a farce. Like. You know, network is your network. Yeah, I mean, I want the data. You feel me? I want the hey, text my number. But, I want right. the data. Peace. If you want to be an affiliate of Gold Water Corp, tap into 323-577-6692. Text affiliate to that number. See you on the other side of greatness. Peace. But but emails. but the data, you know, uh, the 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 buying habits, you know, all of these. Right, that's things. a different way to synthesize data and utilize it, and that's where we are restricted, right? No, there there there's no ways that because they only even the the small data companies still only go to the big ones, you know. It's like I can name a few that I've seen, but they have no way to give their resources and tools to smaller businesses so that they can utilize data to grow. Right. Closest we get is analytics. And you go work with any one of these managing firms, they, right, they, right. They, they, all they go offer for the most part is right. analytics. Insight and analytics. And insights. Right. And there's easy ways that a person can go find that on their own. You understand me? And they right. can manage themselves and take advantage of studying the data, analyzing it, and then executing based on it. Right. So, the, all of the power is in the hands of the people if you're willing to go another step, right? right but right. oftentimes that step becomes that barrier that becomes a business model for somebody else. Of course. So wherever there's there's tension, if I can ease that, well, you don't feel like downloading your data and, tell, and telling yourself what it means. I, I create a company it. that right. downloads data, tell you what it means, and you act accordingly. America's Just biggest business, right? America's most successful business plan or model. Is being a middleman. That's a super fact. That's why the the trade war with China under Trump's presidency was like such a disruptor to a lot of small businesses and people such as myself who figured out, oh sweat, you mean to tell me the whole time that these people who were upselling me products 300, 400% was getting it from China? Mm. They was getting it from Pakistan mm. for a dollar? Mm. You mean to tell me that Alibaba's lit like that? You mean to tell me that import-export was the real lick? And here it is, we looking at this European like they the big, they, like they the big, like they the plug, right? And they just the dope house. The plug was somebody who don't even, who speak Mandarin and whatnot, who theoretically, you don't even see them, you, you don't even think they get along. Mm. You and the Chinese are friends like that? Y'all, y'all buddy, buddy? Yeah. And then you come back with all of these barrels of clothes, of, of merchandise and product, and you upsell it to us as such a, you know what I mean? So right. the, when, 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 when they started seeing the numbers of people on social media, melanated men and women, of course, becoming small businesses, cutting out the middlemen, not, not needing them, the retail apocalypse, people not going to the malls anymore, businesses shuttering and falling and failing, 
they like, yeah, we're gonna put some tech, we're gonna put some tariffs on these people, we're gonna create this proxy, little, you know, this fake war. And then of course, right after that, the upscale the, or the uptick to that conflict was a biological situation where they got completely shut off. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, that, it ain't been the same since. I was thinking about Instagram while you was talking about that and, and just thinking about how, because I do want people to really understand these Web 2 and Web 3 models. Right. Instagram, of course, model, create a platform. Right. You go in there, you make a profile, you upload content. We own the profile, the data, the content. If you go on another site, you're going to have to make another profile. Right. Right, because you don't own your own profile. We own this one. You can't move it anywhere else. Right. Web3 is when I go on OpenSea and you go look at my profile, I actually own that profile. I right. own everything that's on there. I'm just utilizing this platform to show it. Right. The way you know that is because if you take that same wallet and you go look at it on Rally or not rally, but Rarible. looks rare or rareable. It's going to be the same thing. So right. they're, they're hosting it, but they don't own none don't of own, it. Right. So imagine if the Web3 of social media would be, once I go on the Instagram, I'm bringing my profile on here. Right. I'm bringing my content on here. Right. Right. And then I can move it whenever I want, want to. to. Right. So now you can't say I can't have access to my own data and content. I control that. Right. I control the settings to say, well, I want to monetize it to say people can give me badges up to $1,000. Instagram now decides how much a person can tip. Right. So now they control their industry. But, of course, Instagram said, well, we'll create this. Let you had a platform. Once you build it up and y'all build enough infrastructure, because Instagram didn't create content. Right? right. That was everybody else's job was, I'm going to make the platform. You create the value. Right. Same thing now. You go look at. Decentraland. Decentraland is a DAO, right? Where mm -hmm. they built the metaverse. Now you all have to pay to build on it. But whatever you build on it, you own. Right. So therefore, now if you want to, you can sell it. So mm -hmm. Instagram, some people took that same model where I'm going to get the Instagram account called Dog, right? Now if somebody wants to buy this from me, right. they have to commit to a transaction and then I will give them the, the key, password right, to the this. Keys, the, so right. The seed phrase. Web three would be the keys. Right. And, and on this that, one it'd be, it'd a, be password. a password. Right. So what you're doing is you taking models that started to sprout up for web two. Right. And then you build systems around it. Right. So because that was a business idea that somebody got creative with. Right. Right. To say that, damn, I can go take all of these popular names on Instagram and when these companies now come over here, I can sell it to somebody because I own it. Right. Web3 is saying that, yo, when you create it, you already own it. You own it for real. Right. Right? Because Instagram could have decided to shut that down at any point in time they wanted to. They yeah, could have said, could this man, he went account. and got every color. He didn't got every dog name. He didn't got all of these. So we don't want nobody owning all of that. So guess what? We're going to shut all that down. Mm -hmm. But when you own it, they can't shut it down. Right. Because you can't shut down the blockchain or right. certain blockchains. So. That's a, a concept when people understand that, they're going to want everything to go to a Web3 model. Oh, for sure. Because it gives you more control over what you're doing. Oh, and specifically for, sure. for those who are already good at creating content, amassing influence and impact, you have one of the greatest opportunities. And this is why I want people to get educated in what we're doing in the BWO is important because giving you Web3 skills and education allow you to build the future of things for yourself. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, you brought it up earlier about the technology that has this available, and I wanted to add on that damn near everything that we need is at our fingertips. It's here. Mm -hmm. We're just not educated about everything that's here and how to utilize it, or we're not taking the tools that are just popping up and creating, like you said, building uh, models around it, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, have a platform that's big enough or wide enough to whereas we could basically onboard thousands or millions of people in the real time. But every, it's, 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 it's so much stuff that's at our fingertips right now. There's so many solutions. There's so yeah. many options. There's so many models. There's so many things that are growing um, exponentially, you know, that if we were to tweak it or reverse engineer it or to collectively look at it and be like, how could we use this thing to help us? We would be in a different place. Yeah. It, in, it's, in the it's, future, everybody is, in, everybody is their own algorithm. You understand yeah, me? Yeah, of course. And what I mean by that is the way I think is an algorithm in itself. And I'm rewarded by my thought processes and the way I synthesize information and the success rate that I have when I produce ideas based on my perspective and observation. Right. So if I want to lease out the algorithm of, you know, my genius. Right, right, All right. of the data that surrounds me. Now, you can't get access to this. Right. But I might lease that out. Right. You understand me? You can plug that into your AI machine and they can think like me for a month. Right, non-fungible thoughts, well, right? Well, I'm saying, man, it's, it, it start getting <laughs> hidden different. Now, this is, you know, this is the imagination factory, but right. when I think about the future, the future is oftentimes built off business models that exist now that are not, it's, it's creative ways that people found to game the system. Right. Right, it's not what was built into the foundation of the system. So that's why I use that example of Instagram and the domain thing, because that's not what Instagram intended. A person seen a way to exploit that. Right. And then now the next iteration of the internet is built based on that model. Because now it was built on with the people in mind. Right. Instead of one individual or centralized system controlling everything. That's right. But these think tanks come about, you know, or these quote unquote, these ideas that, that, that you're mentioning, they come about as a result of think tanks, right? They come about as a result of people coming together and creating white papers and whatnot. They come about as a result of, you know, troubleshooting and whatnot. They come about as a result of, you know, I mean, to, to, to take it to an extreme, in Silicon Valley, it's been said that they go on retreats and tap into plant medicine mm. and go very deep for like a whole week or a weekend. You They'll go to the islands medicine? and whatnot. Say that again. You ever did plant medicine? Did a bird fly? <laughs> did a fish swim? They have. Okay, so then yes, I have. You know. Okay. Does it have any intellectual psychedelic benefits? Uh, like nootropics? You mean has it been able to enhance my uh, my way of thinking and whatnot? Yes, definitely. It helped to open up my faculties. I'm a creative, you know what I mean, and I, I really. Uh, you know, I tap into the imagination a lot. So it helped with that immensely. Before we leave out of here, man, I want to know if you can give me a Dr. Sebi story. People don't know. Can you tell, first tell me your relationship, Dr. Sebi? I know we had Blue Pill on here. Right, right. And for people who don't know, you know, that's your twin. Yes, yes. Um, 
twin but brother. Can, can you give us a Dr. Sebi story to close us out? Okay. Um, talking about plant medicine. Uh, this is the early 2000s. I was a little ratchet, a little bit outside of, you know, I was drawn outside of the lines. Um, still trying to figure myself out. You know, this might have been 2000, the year 2000 exactly. And, um, you know, Sabi was like very adamant. Well, first and foremost, him and my mother, Mama Pill, you know, she is uh, his apprentice. She was also one of the many wives because he was a polygamist. And um, in 19, what was that, 80 or 81, we went to St. Croix and um, she was pregnant with my younger brother, KT, the arch degree. And um, Dr. Sabi was responsible for helping her, helping to save her life mm. because of the complications that she had with the pregnancy and whatnot. And as a result of that, she was basically sold. Like she wanted to become a student and, you know, they built about what was going on in America, uh, in the States with the crack epidemic and the, and the scourge of it and whatnot. And he was kind of like, in St. Croix, not really focusing on doing Amer doing the States again. And then he came back and that was basically that run that you see with the Usha Herbal Research Institute and um, the Supreme Court cases and all of that other stuff. So fast forward to like 2000, um, he was kind of sick and tired of, you know, me not stepping into my powers or not realizing who I truly was. And uh, he passed me a zip of some shrooms and was like, I need you to take these, you know what I mean? I need you to take these like right now and, and you know, get to some healing and whatnot. And um, at first I was apprehensive. I'm like, you know, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Because people have this uh, preconceived notion that um, plant-based medicine and chemicals are the same. When I meet, when I speak of chemicals, I talk like acid, hallucinogens, and things of that nature, they equate plant-based medicines to that. And I was under that mind state that it had the same type of effects. But he basically was like, well, if you've ever smoked marijuana and had that type of, you know, um, if you were defocalized in that sense, then the shrooms are not gonna be the same type of feeling, but even better. So I was like, hmm, you <laughs> he sold you, you very fast. I was like, don't tempt me, brother. If you ever smoked before, yeah. Phil, it's going to be the same, but a little better. But even better. I'm not that just start laughing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so make a long story short, I saw um, a movie by the name of Final Fantasy, which mm. was an animation movie mixed in. It was a mixed reality movie with like animation and real mm -hmm. people and whatnot. And if you ever felt your eyes feel something, like if you ever seen something so beautiful that it felt like your eyes felt it. Mm, like mm -hmm. if you ever stared at something so beautiful and like you can feel it in your eyes, like your, like your eyes actually have hands or something. You know, my, my senses were heightened. I think most men can think of something like that. I think they can too. My, the senses of hearing, the senses of touch, taste, everything was heightened. Um, it was a dope trip, a dope experience. Uh, it definitely helped with my healing in terms of, you know, me being able to see myself in the future and to see a greater version of myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I, got, I had a vision and that vision was so great that it, it really made me want to reach to, the, to, to, you know, to become what I saw. 
And that was like one of the beginnings of my journey and um and, and into consciousness. So, you know, Sabi has always been uh, you know, he's a giant and in, in, in my eyes, like he's been, you know, he was a re one of our real life super hey rules, you know, and to see uh, the world, you know what I mean, get to know who he is, it's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? That's and powerful. when that documentary comes out, I'm sure that it's going to mm. even, you talking know. Talking about the Nick Cannon documentary? Yeah, what camera am I talking to? Nick, now I'm just playing. You know, when we filmed it, I had a fade. <laughs> Dead ass. When we filmed our segment, I had a, I, I had was, a, I had a taper. Yeah. That was, <laughs> was pre-COVID. Pre I had a taper. Right there, yeah, man. that pre-pandemic. Like, homie, I know you out there, you know, doing what you do, but... Uh, he building families, man. Yeah, he building empires. But um, that story is going to be... And I, I don't feel like that's going to be the last story that we see on Dr. Well, maybe, maybe we have to do one ourselves, man. Right, we right, right. We got the media production and, and, and maybe even closer to home. You feel me? Go go travel out to Honduras. You understand me? Go to the different sites. It's all there. Whatever we need to do. You feel yeah, me? I think we can put together one ourselves, put in the movie theater and make it happen. And like I said, his impact is uh, it's going to stay with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to know that the babies know his name, know mm. about him. It's the beginning of many of our master teachers and great elders being uh, edified by the younger generation. But I'm able to see Sabi's example, right? To, to it, it gives me faith, because I'm like, they're going to go crazy over Delbert Blair like that in the future. They're going to go crazy over Bobby Hemmen and Phil Valentine. And, you know, they're going to go crazy over the master teachers the same way you know, um, we got to get these babies excited and enthusiastic about their heroes and their heroes the same way that they are about these mythological people that they've been sold. That's a super fact. Yeah. And that's why it's so power, powerful. And um, that's why this platform is important to make sure Very that important. those who have been building, you understand me, are known to this current generation as well. You understand me? Because sometimes we work in our communities. We work in the sectors of what we build. But you are a house of knowledge. Your brother's a house of knowledge. Your brothers. Right. Your mother. You understand me? And the conscious community in which you help build and that you come from, you understand right. me, is a house of knowledge. It very there much has so been is. times where it was not in proper order, but that's what this generation is for. Right. You understand me? Out of chaos, there's order comes. You understand me? And so one generation observes what was happening, but also that generation was so necessary because this generation wouldn't have nothing to look at. Right. right? And so you have to, however it gets built out, it could, let's say it could have been built out a different way. That don't matter. Right. We take what is and then we build the come. You That's understand right. Me? And so now we stand on the square and we stand on the foundation of high scientists and master teachers and master builders and executors. And we go into the imagination factory of our people and we redesign what the new world looks like to them. And Super I appreciate facts. you being one of the architects and the builders of that, brother. No doubt, this has brother. This a high-level conversation, the 19 Keys and Red Pill. Salute. Peace. All right. Ah. Yes, sir. Woo! 19 Keys and high-level conversation. Tap in with the dogs. Well...
What I got from sitting here with our good brother 19 Keys was a, uh, it was a great feeling, you know, um, to have a high level conversation with the brother. You know, we've been having high level conversations for many years. So it was, it was just, you know, poetic justice, you know, to be sitting here on this show that I have a lot of respect for, the brand that he's building up, and to come behind uh, my brother Blue Pillar you know, who basically smoked his episode. Um, it was a lot of pressure. So, you know, it was worth it though. What I would want the people to definitely walk away with is the information that we were sharing about edifying our ancestors first and foremost. I would feel that that is the most important uh, message that we will be sending. It has nothing to do with me, Brother Rep. I'm just a messenger of information that our, our, our nation, our networks, our people should definitely look into. And some of these names that were mentioned, I would, uh, I would suggest that brothers and sisters go and do the research, go do your deep dive, take your red pill. It's going to wake you up to some things that you never knew existed and whatnot. And in this reality or the society that we live in, a lot of people are suffering from boredom and depression and other lower frequencies because they're tapped out of the deaf culture. It's, it's but so so low that you can go. You know, uh, they're, they're feeding you uh, anti-heroes in disguise of heroes and whatnot, and people are taking that in and it's not nourishing them. You know, when you sit at the feet of some of these master teachers and the teachings that they have, you will be fully nourished and it will solve a lot of the quote unquote questions and a lot of the problems that are hindering our people because our people are being weighted down by living in this false reality in this matrix and not being able to tap into real power sources. And the real power sources are our ancestors because they really put it down. 19 Keys, you know, came to my attention at a time where, you know, I really was at a low point in terms of consciousness and with the future hell for consciousness, I, I, I kind of gave up on it for a minute because, you know, it hit a crescendo in 2016 and there was a lot of controversy in that community, a lot of fallouts, uh, a lot of platforms were falling and things of that nature. So when I saw the good brother Keys doing his thing on social media, it was like a breath of fresh air and something, there was something, you know, there was just like a voice that was telling me, you need to reach out to this brother and you need to tap in and um, y'all need to link up. And I promise you, the day that we linked up, it was a trap art event in New York City. And I would say that things have shifted. You know, my paradigm shifted from that night forward because the brother said that he was intending on doing some things and he shared a vision with me about a group that, uh, that he wanted to put together. And it was called the Paradigm Shifters. And I was familiar with a few of the members of the Paradigm Shifters before I met them. Good brother Derek Grace, Riza Islam, brother Ben X, 19 Keys, Billionaire PA, Pop Darby, Blue Pillar, Sister Ajna. And, um, you know, I was familiar with a few of them from social media. But when we got together on purpose and when I saw the power that we had as a collective and our potential it was almost like a second coming to me. Uh, it was a second win. It was a second iteration. Uh, I wouldn't even consider that to be 
you know, it is the conscious community, but it's something different than that. You know, uh, there was a whole nother energy that the collective shared and we all are powerful in our own rights. We all bring a lot to the table. You know, we all you, we all built our platforms before we even came together. But after we got together, everybody's platforms have expanded. Um, we become household names, you know, uh, and then the extension of our networks, the people who we know, who we could bring to the table and whatnot. That's, that's only made the collective stronger. So nobody has diminished, nobody's stocks have fallen, nobody has gotten weaker since we've met. We've only got stronger, we've only become more determined. Um, the family members that come out of the brother Keys, uh, his, his family, his bloodline, uh, and Pooh, AKA Bashir, you know, I, I've watched this brother grow and glow. I've watched him come up, you know, in, in a fast amount of time too. You know what I mean? I've watched him change before my eyes and, um, it, it, it's really, uh, it's a sight to see, you know what I mean? It's something that, you know, if you ain't see it, if you wasn't there for it, you know, you missed out on a lot. And, you know, I'm, it's just a beautiful thing. People are growing and expanding and, you know, they're becoming, hey, they becoming super hey rules in their own right. And uh, that's what we intend, that's what we intended on from the beginning. So paradigms are being shifted. The whole paradigm of this planet shifted. They call it the great reset. Um, so what we stepped out to do I feel that we, uh, we are, we've accomplished it and I look forward to the next mission so we could go ahead and, uh, you know, and, and really take that thing and, and fly with it. Peace family, peace to you and yours. This is your brother Red Pill reporting live and direct one half of the Twin Pillars. I am here in a building tapped into our good brother 19 Keys. High level conversations, you already know what it is. Tap in. <laughs> So we know in the matrix, there's uh, two pills that are being offered to, uh, you know, to Neo. The red pill is the pill that will wake you up and free you from your bondage of the illusion of the matrix. And the blue pill is the pill that you would take if you wish to stay ignorant and blissful and remain in the matrix and whatnot. When I take my gold water every morning, what I do is I imagine myself as Neo in the matrix taking the red pill, right? Every morning, you know, because every day is an opportunity to unplug from the matrix. Every day is an opportunity to unplug from the quote unquote spells that we are under and whatnot. Every day is a day to break out of the box. 
And by putting this goal in my system before I hit the gym, before I go on a hike on the trail, before I sit under a tree and whatnot, before I get into the sun and sun gaze, this is my red pill, you know what I mean? This is my way out. This is my way out and this is my way in. So gold water, you know, you already know what it is. Get you some, okay? Definitely tap in. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.